Yo, it's Alex Terranova, and welcome to Flip the Lens, where Brie Holland, London Papa Michael, and myself smash down the walls of perfection, performance, and looking good to dive face first into deeply vulnerable and personal conversations where we expose and explore what it means to be authentic and how to succeed in a world desperate for a facade. What's up? And welcome back to Flip the Lens. Brie, London, how are you guys? What's up? I'm great. Good to be back. <laughs> I was like, London, where are you? Where's going? <laughs> um, I want to dive. Dramatic pause. Uh, I want to dive right into this episode um, because I know this is a topic that's super close, London, to you, and I'm curious what shows up for for me and Bree. And I think it's a topic that we need to be having a conversation about because of the way the world looks currently. Um, so we're going to get into forgiveness today. And London, why don't you lead us off? Because you're making a documentary about forgiveness. Yes, that is correct. You know, it's uh, my biggest uh, passion right now. It's been on my heart for a long time. You know, uh, my father was my hero growing up. You know, in Greek culture, your firstborn son's a big deal. And uh, through my parents' divorce and us moving to the States from a little island called Cyprus in the Mediterranean, it uh, there was a big distance there and then just phone calls and slowly losing touch to where uh, my father wasn't in my life at all. And then I got a chance to reach back out to him and had that phone call that I always wanted of, you know, Hey son, I'm proud of you. You know, something I've always wanted to hear, you know, with my dad being my hero and me being involved in sports and me trying to grow up and be like him. And then uh, we slowly lost contact again because he just never returned my call. When I called him, it was, you know, he was supposed to call me next. And, uh, then my mom passes away and he calls me and doesn't have anything nice to say. And I'm like, hold up, man. The guy that hasn't been in my life is going to call me and talk shit about my mom. Even if some of this stuff was true, I'm about to bury my mom with no help and no life insurance. Um, I'm 25. Gabriel is 18. Kennedy's 10. Where, and all you have to little say, brother, little brother and sister, uh, two little sisters. Oh, okay. And, uh, even if you're right and she did some bad stuff, whatever, dude, I'm about to bury my mom and you haven't been around. You know, how are you going to, Hey son, do you, do you need anything, man? Do you, if you just need to talk, it's not about saying, Hey, I'm going to pay for the funeral. It's just like my hero turned into my, you know, my biggest nightmare, my biggest disappointment. And through that time of losing my dad in that relationship, I built this chip on my shoulder that I'm not good enough. What's wrong with me? If my dad doesn't want to talk to me, so it's changed me in a lot of bad ways to where I lost myself. But in the end, it's kind of been a driving force for me. But ultimately, I had to forgive my father for me because I wasn't moving on with my life because I was angry. Forgiveness isn't about my father and being nice to him or making him feel good. It's for me to be able to heal. That's why you forgive. Side note with forgiveness. My ex that uh, we broke up over a year ago, she left me and it ripped my heart out. But she was the one that was moving on and already dating somebody and living life. And here I was miserable, psychoanalyzing myself, not moving on with my life because I wasn't able to forgive. And when I was able to forgive her and myself for where I messed up in the relationship, I was finally able to breathe and move on. Because in the end, forgiveness is for you, not for them. I love that. I, I feel I feel the exact same way. And the way I think of it is forgiveness is it's like handcuffs. 
it keeps us handcuffed to a person, to a situation. And ultimately, when I have to, when I have to, when I'm upset with somebody, sad about somebody, angry at somebody, I have to remember like they're out there doing whatever they're doing. They're not sitting around like feeling bound or trapped because I haven't forgiven them. They're out there like living their life, you know, who knows? They have their own issues. But I have to remember that I'm the one that's kind of trapping myself by holding on to these things and not forgiving. I did a um I did this really cool practice around this. It's like a f- couple months ago. I was in a I was it was like 6 a.m. I'm lying on my mat. Uh, this yoga class that I was about to be in hadn't started yet. And I, when I, when I get to yoga, I lie face down and it's kind of like a a meditation. It's quiet. I keep my eyes closed. Sometimes it's like 15, 20, 30 minutes before I get there that early. And it's just like, there's no phone, there's no distractions. It's just me and, and breathing in my mind. And I'm lying there and I'm having nasty thought after nasty thought after nasty thought about my ex And I'm only like, I'm not choosing this. They're just smacking me in the face one after another, after another, after another. And as I'm lying there, I'm realizing like I'm getting angry. I'm sad, pissed off. I feel like crap. And I have that thought where I'm like, man, she's probably asleep right now. Like she's not even, this has zero impact on her life the way that I'm thinking. As if like my thoughts are making bad stuff happen to her. And... I'm like, I'm the, I'm the one thinking these thoughts and I'm the one suffering. This makes no sense. And in that moment, I decided, let's just change my thoughts. Let's choose new thoughts. Let's choose thoughts of love, of forgiveness, of all the things that I can think of about her that are positive and good, that I admire, that I really liked. And the first few were hard because I was in that, that energy was not in a good place. But with each one, it became easier and easier And as I lied there, like some tears started to roll and I started to feel better. Like, right. First it was like the anger went away and then it became sadness and the sadness went away and then it became actually good thoughts. And ultimately by the time the yoga class started, I felt good. I had done the work in that moment, just in the moment to forgive her, but I think almost to forgive myself for what the thoughts I was thinking. And it shifted not only that class, but the whole rest of the day. And now I, I practice this same thing all the time, anywhere, because of that one experience. Bri, you got anything that... Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting here listening and kind of like going through all of the people that I've had to forgive, that I've had to let go of hurt. And it definitely resonates. And I'm sure with a lot of people listening that <clears throat> most of the time, the forgiveness isn't about the other person at all. It's about making a statement, whether it's a letter, a text, a conversation in some form or fashion of you giving yourself the permission to move forward from it and not be chained, like you said, the handcuffs to an experience that didn't feel good, an experience where you felt vulnerable and hurt, an experience where you're giving forgiveness because you need to allow yourself to move to a different part of your life. You need to be able to let people in again. You need to let people, you know, see the love that you have or the care that you have. And I have a very similar situation with my dad. It was just not a good, I was a daddy's girl growing up, like till I was about eight, nine. And I remember a pivotal point in my life when I became, um, 11 years old 
and it just changed. Like they're everything to you. I went to work with him every day. I was homeschooled. I loved him. And there was just this pivotal moment where I went from, he was my everything to, I couldn't even say, I love you to him. And in that instance of going through my teen years and not speaking to him when I moved out, when I was turning 18 and not speaking for years, we've now have come back to the place now being 33 kids later where I looked at him last year and was like, I can truly say I love you. And that's not because of, you know, the pain wasn't there. The pain isn't present that I'm still going to therapy to figure all that out for myself and, and the stuff it's done mentally. But the fact that I can truly just look him in the eye and say, you screwed up. I screwed up. That relationship sucked for a time period. And now we can move on. And I'm in a spot where I truly want to work on this with you. And it's allowed me to not just have a better relationship with him, but have a relationship with my, with my partner where I can trust and be vulnerable, where it's not using that past as ammo in my future relationships, that I'm not allowing it to, to connect into people that I'm talking to now and say, oh, well, my dad this, and this is why I am this way, but really releasing it, say, I forgive all of it and allowing myself to move forward from it. I think it perfectly said by both of you. And I think it's important for people to realize as well, there's no magic button. You don't hit the forgive button and you ought to <laughs> automatically, oh, all's forgiven. You're cool again. Hey, dad, it's cool. Hey, ex-girlfriend, you're, you know, it is a process that you work on like anything, but it is worth the effort because in the end, it sets you free and you do not need to be tied down by any bad memories. If you can learn from them, learn from them. And by being able to forgive my father, it's going to allow me or it's allowing me to put myself in a position to make this documentary to go find my dad and tell him face to face I forgive him and see if I can mend that relationship and get his side of the story. Maybe there, I don't believe it, but maybe there's a chance of, hey, your mom told me stay the fuck away from the kids and don't ever call London again because you suck. And maybe he was like, I'll leave my kids alone. I, he deserves that opportunity and I'm going to allow him of that because I've allowed myself in time to process this forgiveness and in time I was able to forgive. There's no magic button like anything in life, but you owe it to yourself because man, it'll eat you alive from the inside out. I, we all just like hit on external forgiveness, right? Like your guy's dad's my ex and we could, there's probably other people, right? These aren't the only people in our lives that we've had stuff with. Um, I'm curious about the self forgiveness. I remember when I first started coaching, I had, no clients. I was like, I'll coach anyone just to practice, right? Like get reps in so I can get better and improve. And my first client was somebody who I knew their partner. And it was basically like, she would buy me a cup of coffee and we would work, you know, on whatever she was trying to work on. And there was one day that we were sitting across from each other at a table and she shared with me this piece of her life. And I was like, man, it sounds, you know, like you're holding a lot on yourself. And she kind of acknowledged it. And I made up this thing. I don't know where it came from, but I've now done it tons of times since with clients where I asked her to imagine her younger self who she was holding this stuff on sitting across from her at the, at the table and to actually have a conversation with that younger self 
where she's able to forgive the younger self for what the younger self did. And then the younger self is able to forgive her present self for holding it on the younger self for all these years. And she bravely did this exercise and was bawling. And I just sat there quietly and let her do her thing. And it was powerful. And in that moment, it got me thinking about, man, where am I doing this? And it's a conversation I normally have. I'm curious with you guys, where are you still holding stuff on yourself and not forgiving yourself for things in your past? Uh, I'm a lot better about it now, but uh, I will always, well, I don't know about always. Um, I wish I could have saved my mom. So I watched my mom fall apart for my very eyes. She became an alcoholic at 47 years old and ultimately led to her death on Mother's Day at 9.32 a.m. out of nowhere because she drank too much and took some medicine. Not on purpose. I know it was an accident. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to be the hero. I wanted to save my mom for my two little sisters. You know, I, I lived with my mom while she was an alcoholic to be there for her and my sisters to try to help her, you know, and. I was supposed to, I was supposed to save the day. I was supposed to be the hero in like the movies that I watched with my dad. And when I thought about my dad at the happy ending in the day and I didn't, you know, and I will always live with that because those two little girls don't have a mom. So when they have kids, she's not going to babysit them. When they get married, she's not going to be standing there crying. When I have kids, my mom's not going to hold my kid. And maybe I could have done more. Maybe I could have saved the day by dragging her to AA having a huge stage intervention because we all did our own little inter interventions, but we never did it together. But at the end of the day, I've learned in time and I just love my mom and my sister so much that that's why I kind of beat myself up, but not as much as I used to. Um, you can't help somebody that doesn't want to be helped, you know? And uh, I, you know, damn, I feel like I did the best I could, but of course I'm human. And sometimes I'm like, fuck man, you could have done this or you could have done more. You know, I just, uh, I can handle anything, but to think about two little girls that like don't have their mom anymore. And one of my sisters never even knew my dad. We have the same father, the Greek guy. She never even, she was too young and then our parents split up. So to think like never had your dad around and then like you bury your mom at 18 years old because she was an alcoholic, you know, and she dies on Mother's Day. You know, like I could have been the hero. I could have saved the day. But I guess I tried to rise to the occasion differently by helping be there for them during that tough time and now in life. But uh, that's something that I, I think I'll always kind of, it'll always stab at me a little bit that I just couldn't, I couldn't save my mom. I think for me personally, the self-forgiveness and the internal work, I mean, I mentioned I go to therapy and I told my therapist, I had a therapy appointment yesterday and I, told my therapist, I was like, I feel like I'm 30 years old. I have it all together. I've got the relationship. I've got the kids. And for so long, every instance in my life from, from my past of moving out and being on drugs and allowing men to treat me a certain way and having no self-confidence to here I am 30 with it all put together. And, and that's in my quote past. And here I am saying 30 in therapy, dumping out this puzzle and I feel like I don't even know where to start with putting the puzzle together. I told her yesterday, it feels like I'm flipping the puzzle pieces over just to see the picture. Like I haven't even started to put the puzzle together and I started bawling. Like, how can I have it so put together and everything seems so great and I'm so happy day today. And yet I start talking about these past things where 
I have no idea where to even start the process of forgiving myself or putting myself in such stupid situations and treating people horribly and allowing myself to be treated that way. And so for me, the self-forgiveness starts with really just acknowledging the places where I can't go back and change that. I can't go back to my 18-year-old self and do it differently. But I can look at it in the face today and try to make that not just a situation where I've blocked from my memory, but a situation where I can now walk through and say, I forgive myself. I'm not going to allow it to hold pain or how I parent because I'm terrified of my kids going through the same thing. And I really, in order to be that parent, in order to be that role model and in order to mentor people, I mean, people look at me on social media and they're like, you, it's awesome. Like, I wish I had your life. And I'm like, you do? Cause this shit is hard. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? So internally just digging in to the specific situations where I hold so much weight that I don't see day to day, but when it starts to come up, it just all comes out and it causes this, this pain point of like a wall that I just haven't been able to break through. So in the process of forgiveness, I'm right there in it. I don't really have a solution of how I've gotten through it yet. Besides just kind of looking at in the face and trying, just trying to get through and see what's next and how I can have so much self-love in those situations to move forward in my thirties. For me, it's uh, the self judgments that I've like probably had. I don't know. I remember being a really little kid and and being super self aware. Like I think other kids were like running around playing, and I was like looking around, like analyzing all the other kids. Like what were they good at? What were they bad at? If we got in a fight, how could I win? And whether it was verbal or physical. Like I was hyper aware at like six, seven years old. And as I grew up, then it became like hyper aware about men and women and relationships and dating and what makes people popular and cool and all those like games that we play. And, but in that, if I'm, if, if my lens is looking at everyone else and judging them and analyzing them and assessing them, the thing that I didn't know that whole time, cause my ego is doing this is it was simply to deflect from what I was doing to myself. If I felt good about myself, I wouldn't have to be doing that to everyone else. And it's still the hardest thing for me because it's so like, if we look at like brain science, like your synapses, the ones that wire together, fire together. So when you have repeating thoughts and repeating behaviors, the brain connects and connects and connects and those bonds, just like physical muscles get stronger and stronger and stronger. So you know, when I was a little kid and I looked at someone who had a judgment about something, it's wired into my brain. And now I have to like dewire it basically, like let that muscle not get any stronger and strengthen other muscles. And that's still the piece of me that I find I have the most trouble with that I can't forgive myself for because it shows up every day. If I write something, I whip my own ass with that it's not good enough. If I'm you know, working out, I'm looking in the mirror and I'm seeing everything that's wrong on the day that I see something that's right. I'm like so happy because it, it's something different. And I do that everywhere all the time. And I think I almost want to, I guess the place that I could forgive is like to go back and forgive that younger self 
for not knowing better. Like that little Alex had no idea what he was doing and what he was creating. And ultimately he was doing it because he was afraid. You know, he wanted to stay safe and accepted and love. Ultimately we all want love. And that little Alex that was judging was doing it in service of trying to get love. It just, from that little kid brain, it doesn't make any sense. Um, is there anything else, you know, our commitment is to wrap these rapid fire, authenticity, vulnerability, give people some things to think about, share, show them it's safe. You guys got anything you want to leave people with before we wrap up this episode? Go ahead, Bree. Oh, that's, he just like threw it at you. That was just nasty. <laughs> he like, was gonna start he, he, and like mic drop truth he, bomb something and no, then it he, was like here's the bus this. here's the bus Bree, go under the front <laughs> tires <for> it. <laughs> i think that if someone is struggling with forgiveness whether it's self-forgiveness or with another person to know that it's not like a now it's gone emotion like you can still sit with something and say that was painful it's okay to have pain but also move on i mean i've been through shitty breakups where that person is mad that person doesn't have to understand or accept the forgiveness right and same with yourself like if you're looking for validation from a person in the forgiveness we talked about in the beginning like the forgiveness is for you you know, London said it's it's not about the other person. And so if you're going into a situation of expecting something in return from another human, I personally went into 2020 saying, I am going to reach out to every single person I feel like I might have ever hurt or done wrong to, even if it was unintentional, and tell them I'm thinking about them and I love them and I hope that they're doing well. I didn't go into those conversations expecting love and support and now we're best friends again. I went into them because maybe those people are holding on to things just like I'm holding on to things. And I wasn't looking for validation from them, but it unlocks this allowance to move forward. And so I've been doing that personally, just like who might I've, I hurt. And I could sit here and go, it's fine. They've moved on. We've moved on. But for me to truly unlock that clean slate, that feel good, that, whether it's intentional or not forgiveness for me helps me move forward. And so to not go into it with intentions, whether it's forgiveness of yourself, that, that you can still sit with an emotion of hurt or pain and still forgive. And you can go to a person and give forgiveness to move on for yourself and know that that person might not be at that same place. Right. So you can still move on. And, in the end, it comes down to self-love and self-discipline, you know, and hashtag UOU. <laughs> you can make things as great as you want to be. You can feel as good as you want. You can look as good as you want if you're willing to put in the work and be patient and realize it's a daily practice. Again, people that do things that they love or with people that they love, it's still constant effort, but it's so much easier to give effort when you care about that thing or that person. So in the end... Do it for yourself because it makes everything that much better. Guys, guys, I shouldn't say guys. There's a guy and a girl or a woman, a lady. <laughs> I'm trying to break that habit. I'm talking about that everywhere. So London, Bree, thank you so much for, for, again, being here, doing this with me, letting us all be vulnerable, open, authentic, and just share like some stuff that I think people aren't talking about. 
Everyone that's listening, thank you. We appreciate you. We love you. We forgive you. Uh, We forgive ourselves. Please subscribe and like the podcast and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. It's not easy to create these episodes, but we know it's important. We need more real, open, and honest conversations because we know that whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, you're not alone. A life pretending isn't worth living. So please share this podcast with a friend and thanks for listening.